Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. But a healthy environment which you can grow and which you can develop. Come on, people moving from Boston to be a part of what you get to be a part of every week. Don't complain if you live in Kissimmee, okay? Boston. (laughs) Boston. My favorite part of that video was when I got out there after the CDC made the announcement, and I said, we'll be online for a few weeks. For a few (laughs) weeks. 15 days to stop the spread. Remember that? (laughs) Didn't happen. A few months. No, I love what God's doing. It touches my heart so much. Anniversaries and birthdays are special occasions. Uh, Like us at our church right there, there there are times in our lives when you're supposed to look back and remember uh, so that you don't take for granted what you're in right now. I'm not one for living in the past. I think that that can be dangerous when you start to get stuck in the good old days. But I am one for learning from the past. I think there are things in our life we wish we could forget. Uh, Someone say amen, right? But I also think there are things in our life that we should never forget, things that shape us, things that guide us, things that direct us. And so the title of today's message, what I'd like to bring to you is on the topic of never forget, never forget. Now, I understand that every Sunday I speak to three different types of people. I speak to those who call Journey Church home. I speak to those who are currently looking for a new church home. And I speak to those who were just looking for a way to get out of the house. They're just tired, just bored, just looking for something to do. And they're tired of eating ice cream. And so they thought church might be a good option. And this is the disclaimer that I want to give you today is while I normally try and bring messages to all three of those groups, today I really would like to speak to that first group, those who call Journey Church home. And I'd like to do so for two reasons. First off, I think because the older you get, the easier it becomes to forget. Well, anybody forgetting stuff that you used to remember when you were just a wee bit younger? My wife was commending me on the way here. She said, oh my gosh, I love your organization system. I love how you take notes. I don't think you've always been this way. Has this been a result of your wisdom? Like, have you been getting wiser and that's why you're taking notes? I said, no, I'm getting older. That's why I'm taking notes, because I used to be able to remember things, and now I can't remember things anymore if I don't write them down, because life gets so busy and life gets so hectic. If we're not careful, we'll allow the everyday things to make us forget the important things. And I don't want to forget the important things. And so I thought, what would it look like if God came down from heaven, asked us to pull out the notepads of our heart? What would he have us write down to never forget? What would he have us to remember as our church ages and grows in wisdom and influence and platform? What are those things? And I want to share with you those things. But I also am excited to speak just to those who come to our church, because if you don't come to our church or you're thinking about coming to our our church, it's really good for you to hear what we're all about so that you can decide. Because a lot of times people, you know, they they church date. Like they'll come to church for one week and they'll love it. But in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, but we haven't seen the real church yet. We got to wait. We got to come back a couple more weeks because we don't know. He might say something crazy and then we'll know, you know, because honestly, dating churches is a lot like dating people. You never really know on the first date, you know, like because you don't really date that person on the first date. You know that, right? Like you're dating that person's representative. 
You need to know you are dating the best version of that person is on their first date, which is why if the first date goes bad, you should never do a second. Because that was them trying. <laughs> like, like, like that, that was them at their very best. It only goes downhill from there. <laughs> so, you know, like they were trying. And so here's the deal. If I just talk to you today like there's no first-time guest in the room, then you'll finally be able to see what we are behind the scenes. And then hopefully you'll hear enough about us that you'll swipe right, amen, and pick us and want to become a part. So what would, what would be the things that God said to never forget? I found 15, I looked into 30 different versions of the Bible, and I, I looked up the phrase, don't forget, never forget. And in those, all those versions, I found the same 15 things that God told us to never forget. But we don't have time for 15 things. So I'm going to give you four. Four that I believe God would have us never forget in correlation or in respect to our church. And I think the first thing he would say is, never forget, we aren't a great church. We serve a great God. I, I, I need you to know, I enjoy preaching, but I'm not this good. Not three. You laughed a little too hard, ma'am, in the back. <laughs> a little too hard. Um, I am not, dang. <laughs> I am, not, I am not three services, 1,500 plus people on a Sunday good. Not that good. You can stop laughing now, ma'am. Um, our worship team is good. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Our worship team is good, but we're not this good. Our small group leaders are good, but they're not this good. It has not escaped me for one moment that the only reason why we are where we are is because God has done what God has done. He is the reason. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. When God, your God, ushers you into the land he promised through your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, you're going to walk into large, bustling buildings that sit on the corner of 436 and I don't know the other street and, and seat 1,500 people. And you're going to be, and, but, but guess what? But you didn't build it. You're going to step into it, but you didn't build it. Well-furnished houses that you didn't buy come upon wells that you didn't dig, vineyards and olive orchards that you didn't plant. And when you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content, smiling, celebrating five years, make sure you don't forget how you got there. God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. God did it, not you. And this is more than just a perspective of humility. This is a complete change in the way that we approach life. Because if you think you did it, that's a stressful way of living, let me just tell you right now. And I'll prove it really quick with an example. Let's just imagine that this balloon is the thing that I did. And because I did it, because I did it, because I blew it up, guess what? Now I have to keep it up. Everything I blow up, I got to keep up. So I look at this blue thing, and let's just imagine that this is my job. Like, like I sell blueberries for a living, okay? Because it's blue. And this is my job. And I do really good. And I'm killing it in the sales. I'm doing so good at my job selling blueberries. I go, oh, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. And we're not just going to do blueberries. We're going to do blueberries. We're going to do lemons. Now we got blueberries and lemons. Now I'm a farmer and I'm in the produce business. And I'm crushing it. The sales are going so good. But I still can't let go of my job because how many people who own a business know you can own a business and still have a job? So I got a job and a business, but you know what? Now that I got the job and the business, I'm so successful, I start to get the attention of a girl. Pink for a girl, pink. <laughs> and she loves me and she likes me, but because I found her after my success, I think the only reason she's with me 
is because I sell blueberries and lemons. So now I got this marriage, but I did it. So now I got to keep being successful in order to keep it. Are you tracking with me? But now we love each other so much. We have little purple babies. We got little purple babies. Don't know why it's purple, but purple babies, because it's red and blue together and you can have boys and girls. That's why. That's good preaching right there. And now I got my kids and now I got my job and now I got my business, but I also got to try and keep my marriage afloat. And it's all going good, and that's fine until on top of all that, now I got to keep my health. Because now trying to keep all these four things have made me crazy. So now I got to keep my mental health and my emotional health and my physical health. And now I got all these things that I did that I blew up that I got to keep up. And, and now it's like, I don't know if you ever played this game at the birthday party, but the only way to keep them all up is to be like. And this is how so many of us live our lives trying to keep our family up, trying to keep our job up, trying to keep our business up, trying to keep our health up, trying to make it to the gym, trying to take the kids to their sports. I hate sports now. I used to love it. Now I hate it. I want to throw the kids out. I, this is too much work for me. And, and either one or two things are going to happen. Either the balloon will pop or your body will drop. And that's so many of us now on the edge of burnout, trying to keep up everything that we blew up. That's the stress of thinking that you were the reason why everything happened. But if you switch your perspective and believe that the only reason you got it is because God gave it, then now all I have to do is receive it. So now it looks like this. It doesn't look like me trying to keep everything else up. It just looks like this. Because I know I didn't do it. The only reason why all these things are in the air is because God breathed on it. And when God breathes on it, it succeeds. And now, oh my gosh, my life has become so simplified. How many people want me to simplify your to-do list right now? When you got 20 things on your to-do list, you're stressed out of your mind, let me simplify it for you right now. Now the Christian, this is what he does. All he has to do to keep all the balls in the air is this. All you got to do is stay filled and stay connected. Because now the only way I lose this is if I let go of the one who holds them all together. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all other things shall be added unto this. Put Jesus Christ first, and in him he holds all things. Colossians, this is how it works. I hold on to him. I wrote it this way. Don't let success be the reason you fail. Don't spend so much of your energy reaching for the balloons. You let go of the one who keeps them all up in the first place. You know what I never expected to experience when I started to find success as a pastor? I didn't expect all the meetings. Success leads to meetings. You know this. It, I meet with contractors now. I meet with lawyers. I meet with fire marshals. I meet with police chiefs. I, I, I meet with doctors. I meet with you. I love you, and I meet with you, and I love you. But this is when you will never be able to meet with me. Listen, you'll never be able to meet with me between 6 and 8.30 a.m. You know why? Because I can't let all the meetings that my success has made available keep me from my most important meeting, which is my meeting with God. And every morning, early in the morning, I'm going to be sure that I spend time with him because I understand he's the one that holds everything together. He's the one that keeps my family floating. He's the one that keeps my business floating. He's the one that keeps my mental health floating. He's the one that keeps my energy floating. He's the one that keeps my strength floating. Not on my strength. He did it. I'm not great. God is great. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise. God is great. He's the one who holds it together. And never forget it. And never forget it. I think the other thing God would tell us, number two, I think he would tell us, never forget 
Journey Church, that we exist to make Jesus accessible to anyone. It is the mission statement of our church. If you've ever been to our church or have never been to our church, you should have heard this statement by now. We exist to make Jesus accessible to anyone. First Kings chapter eight, verse 41 through 43. And don't forget the foreigner who is not a what? Member. Not a what? Member. So in other words, we can't just be focused on members. Who is not a member of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country because of your reputation. This is a prophetic word. People are going to be attracted here by your great reputation, your wonder-working power who come to pray at this temple. I wrote it like this. Listen, we can never let the number of people who are here cause us to forget the number of people who are not here yet. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. Honestly, wouldn't be a church without you. But, but you know who's not here yet? Your sister. You know who's not here yet? Your brother. You know who's not here yet? Your boss. You know who's not here yet? Your employees. Listen to me. People that you love. People that you, 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 you love. People you love to spend time with. But people who are also hurting and broken and empty and they need purpose and life in, in, in their heart. And, and Jesus can bring that. And this is why we created the church for them. Not just for you, but so that you can bring them, so that you can get awesome Instagram messages after service about how God transformed their life, like the one I got this past week, and how God flipped their life upside down. This is what we did it for. But when we do that, when we build a church for people who don't normally come to church, how many people know sometimes church people don't get it? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you get criticized because people don't understand. But that's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3. It happened to Paul too. None of our ancestors understood this. The apostle Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. That pretty much means that it was his job to bring people who didn't normally go to church to church. And so he had to do church a different way. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, the journey churches for both, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises, same Jesus. The message, this is where we got the mission statement from. The message is what? accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. Listen, that means we're going to make a commitment to the way that we preach. We're going to make a commitment to the way that we sing songs. We're going to make a commitment to the way that we do kids. But most importantly, we're going to make a commitment to the way we do our lives. Because the way we live our lives is what makes Jesus the most accessible. My son, Zane, he has a very picky palate. He doesn't like to eat certain things. And last year, during our 21 days of fasting, we did a Daniel's fast, which is mostly vegetarian. And we tried to get our son to try new vegetables because he wasn't liking what he was eating and he wasn't getting enough protein. So we introduced him to edamame. Any edamame fans in the house? OK, wow. Didn't expect that much edamame support. It's awesome. So, so mind you, he's never tried this before in his life. So I go, hey, buddy, I got a new thing for you to try. I think you're going to love it. It's called edamame. You know what he looks at me and tells me? He goes, I don't like it. <laughs> so how could, you, how could you not like it? You've never tried it. He said, say it again. I said, edamame. He goes, no, I don't like it. <laughs> so you mean you don't like the way it sounds? Is that what you said? Yep, I don't like the way it sounds. If I can't spell it, can't eat it. You know what I'm saying? I said, he said, show me the box. So I showed him the box. This little green box of edamame. They could have done a better job marketing it, but it's not marketed to kids. He looks at it. He goes, nope, I don't like it. He said, what did you say it was again? I said, it's a vegetable. He goes, all vegetables. Try those. Don't like it. <laughs> so I said, OK, that's cool. So Liz and I went back to the store the other day uh, that, during that fast, and we found edamame pasta. Yeah, you can turn anything into pasta now. It's like milk. You can turn anything into milk now, too. <laughs> so we got this edamame pasta. We cooked it for him. He said, Dad, what's this? I said, pasta. It's the first time I lied to my kids. <laughs> That's not true. I lie to him all the time. But <laughs> not all the time, but many times. Um, 
Mom, what dad are you doing? We're playing. Go to bed. <laughs> sometimes it's for their own good. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes it's for their own good. Sometimes you got to lie to your kids. It's prayer. Go to sleep. He said, what is it? I said, pasta. He starts eating it. He's like, mm, mm, oh, man. Oh, this is so good. I was like, you like it? He's like, yeah. I was like, you like it? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's edamame, sucker. Then I turned my back on him through deuces. I was like, got him, got him, got him. Crazy. He loved it when he tried it, but he didn't like it and never tried it. You know, I found out that most of the people who say that they don't like Jesus have never tried him. They never tried him. When they say they don't like him, what they really mean is they don't like the way Jesus sounds because it sounds like religion. I don't understand it. If I can't spell it, I don't want it. It looks like what I see on the news. And if what I see on the news, I see a lot of protests. I see a lot of hatred and cruelty. A lot of them don't like it because it's a vegetable. What do I mean? They've tried something like it in the past. It didn't sit well with them. So now they've written it off for the rest of their life. In other words, they, like, they, they don't know if they like Jesus. But if it, the one time they came to church, it wasn't a good experience. So now I'm going to write off all vegetables forever. I, don't, I never get it when people tell me I, I don't like Jesus. You can't not like Jesus, Jesus is sweet. He is sweet to the taste. He is sweet to your soul. But when I think about the whole vegetable thing, that's when it hits me. I think one of the reasons why people turn away Jesus, even though Jesus is sweet, is because even though Jesus is sweet, some Christians can be salty. And I'm not bashing you. I'm one of them. Sometimes we can be salty. And it's the way we live our lives that turn people off to Jesus as a whole. Which is why I tell people the secret sauce of Journey Church after the presence of God, what you experience during worship, are the people you meet in the lobby. The smiles, the love, the generosity, the welcoming, people opening up their homes to people so that they can have a place to stay while they get their life right with God and their kids. That's amazing because it's easy to debate what I preach about. I wrote it like this. It's easy to argue with what someone says, but it's hard to argue with how someone lives. If you want to convince people that Jesus is real, change the way your life. If you want people to be different, be different. Be different. This is why at Journey, we got four core values. We love God. We love people. We pursue excellence and we choose joy. These are the core values of our church. And what does that mean? That means this is the way we live our lives because we feel like if we live our lives this way, we can convince people that Jesus is real. Like Jesus makes sense when I see it in someone's life. You know, throughout the whole Old Testament, people were preaching God, but nobody understood it. But then the Bible says in John chapter one that Jesus, God, became flesh, put on skin. And then when people saw Jesus, they go, oh, so that's what serving God looks like. I thought it was this. Now I see it's that, feeding the poor, loving the widow, taking care of the orphan. What I'm trying to tell you is that it's not just God that changes life. It's only when God puts on skin. In you and in me, when we get into our home, when we love God I mean, so much that we pray for our food at our lunch with our coworkers, and it might seem like a big deal, but when they're going through an issue, guess what? They're going to go to you because they saw you praying for your lunch. Can you pray for me? When we love people and we're just kind and we're just nice and we hold the door open for the person coming behind us because we see them and we stop pretending like we don't see them. I know you see them. Stop being an animal. You see them. There's a rule. If they're within 10 feet, you hold it. 15, you say, have a good day. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, not too far, you know what I'm saying? Because the people who hold it for me for too long, I'm like, let it go. I'm not, I'm not running. If you hold it any longer, I'm going to have to run. Just let it go. You know the pressure when someone's holding it? Like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Just let it go. When we pursue excellence, when you lead your department in sales, and people want to know, how did you do that? When you get A's on all of your exams, Journey Youth, people want to know, how did you do that? Because I live my life according to God's way and God's rule. 
when we choose joy, when you're smiling and all hell is breaking loose around your life, your smile is the greatest sermon anyone will ever hear. Did you know that? When you choose joy. So never forget, never forget, we make Jesus accessible to anyone. I think God would tell us this. The third thing he would tell us is never forget, we never stand still. We always take steps. We always take steps. That's why one of the reasons why we call this church Journey, because we believe that many people would join at different points in their journey, different relationships with God. But the one thing that would unite us is not where we started this thing called faith, but where this thing called faith is headed. We're all headed to the same home, and we're all going to get there. How? One step at a time. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17, you call out to God for help, and he helps. He's a good father that way. Amen. Jesus is accessible. I'm so glad. Thank you for loving me where I am, Lord. That means so much to me. But that is a half-truth. There is another half-truth. There are two sides to access. Jesus isn't the only thing accessible to you. Life transformation is accessible to you, too. Look what it says. But don't forget, he is not just a loving father. He's also a responsible father. And he won't let you get by with sloppy living. In other words, he loves where you are. He loves you where you are. But he loves you too much to leave you where you are. And, and I, get, I get this idea of, well, he should just take me with all of my mess. And dude, I get that. I've been a dad. Like, I know what it's like to love a child who's messy and sloppy. I, me, I remember, this is how I knew I loved Zane and Justice. When, when, when they came out of the womb, they got all cleaned up, they gave it to me, and then they pooped. And I was like, aww. And then I cleaned their butt and was glad about it. I knew I loved my kids when I agreed to wipe another man's butt. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, because you got to love somebody to get up in there. You got to love them. Here's what I'm saying. I loved my son, sloppy and messy, but I loved him enough to try and change. To try. I think God doesn't, I think so many times we settle at salvation. If, that, if I can even say that. Like, I just want a ticket to heaven. Like, I'm just here for the fire insurance. You know, I'm just here for the fire service. If this thing goes down, I don't want to be there. But I just want you to know there's so much more for your life. Like salvation is the most important thing that will happen in your life, but there's more for you than just salvation. Like you can go to heaven and be mean, but you don't have to be mean. You can go to heaven and be a million dollars in debt, but you don't have to go to heaven and be a million dollars in debt. Well, I don't know about a million, but if you are a million dollars in debt, going to heaven is the only way you get in. <laughs> You're getting out of that, I'll tell you right now. You, can, you, know, you know you can go to heaven with a marriage that is under fire, but you don't have to. God's got things for your life right now. He wants to change and transform and break free. He wants to help you. He wants to develop you and build you up. I remember I got a credit card, and I don't want to talk too much about my credit card. It's in my wallet because they're not sponsors of this podcast or this service, and so they get no credit, the credit card. But I used to, I used to use my credit card just to buy things. And then I started realizing there were some benefits to my credit card I didn't know about, like free uh, insurance on the car rental, or rewards. They sent me tickets to a concert, upgrades if I buy a plane ticket with my credit card, and then uh, there's a spot that opens up on the plane. I get to get upgraded. I thought, this is so cool. I just used it to pay for things, and I had no idea about the benefits. Jesus did not just die on a cross to pay for things, to pay for your sins. He died to give us benefits too, God. There's protection in Christ. There's rewards in Christ. There's upgrades in Christ. But you got to keep taking those steps, which is why we got four steps we want you to take at Journey Church. Real easy. We want you to know God.
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Know God means being in a relationship with him, not just religion. Find freedom. We want him to get up on the inside of you and adjust the things in your life so you can live your life according to his ways. Discover purpose. The two best days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. And we want you to make a difference. If you look at this list and you're like, I've got that all covered, fine. People at this church are either taking steps or helping people take steps. God's got a calling for your life. And the last thing he would tell us, the last thing he would tell us is never forget how it could have been. Never forget how it could have been. Colossians 1, 11 through 14. As you live this new life, we pray that you experience that you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources so that you will find yourself able to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. Here's the part. Listen, for we must never forget, never forget, never forget, never forget that he, Jesus, rescued us from the power of darkness and reestablished us in the kingdom of his beloved son. That is, in the kingdom of light. For it is by his son alone that we have been redeemed and have had our sins forgiven. Never forget, never forget how it could have been. Never forget that Jesus Christ paid the price for you and for me. There was a really popular meme in 2020. I don't know if you saw it, but it was the meme that said um, how it started, how it's going. Have you ever seen this? how it started, how it's going. Sometimes people would use it sarcastically, like this one right here. <laughs> it takes a while, but you'll get it. You'll get it. How it started, me, him, and the puppy. How it's going, me and the dog. Me and the dog. But most of the time, it was done to encourage and uplift. Like, look how far I've come. And this is one of them that I thought was really cool, a good example of that. How it started, me flying in the plane as a passenger, a boy. How it's going, me flying the plane as a grown man. That's pretty cool. How it started, how it's gone. But what would that look like if Journey Church did one? And so here's this, how it started, how it started. That's us. The very first Journey Church meeting ever. It's me, Eddie, Alyssa, Chris Zasky. Vicky, Nino, Orlando, Lorianne, William, Liz, those are my parents in front of us. If you wonder how I can remember everyone's name, there's only 13 people. It's not hard to remember 13 people's name. That was the very first Journey Church meeting ever, 2016. How it started. Let's see how it's going. Come on, give God some praise, everybody. Come on. In just five years. God is good. God is good. That's a powerful image. But I thought it'd be cool. You know what would be even more powerful image? If we switched up the game and we didn't play how it started, how it's going. But what if we played a new game? How it's going versus how it could have been. So here's what that would look like. How it's going. I had to leave it blank. This is the hardest part about being a pastor trying to preach messages. I'm speaking to people who some of y'all are 70, retired, three marriages. Others are 17 haven't even had a boyfriend yet. Some of us are wealthy. Others of us are on welfare. Some of us are fighting for our kids' health. Others are fighting for our own health. It's, I don't know how it's going in your life. I can only imagine one of three places, pretty good, not so good, and OK. I don't know how it's going in your life. But here's what I do know and what allows me to preach to you today. Because even though I don't know how it's going, I know how it could have been. I know how it could have been. I don't know what you see or feel when you look at the cross. 
depending on your religious upbringing, you could have some anger towards the cross because of how it was used against you or used to make you feel. Others, because of our religious upbringing, we look at the cross and we feel nothing because it's become a cliche and we've become so desensitized to its shape. But me, when I see the cross, I don't see anger. I don't see indifference. When I look at the cross, I see how it could have been for me. I see me. When we talk about the cross in Christianity, we're not celebrating a piece of wood. We're not even just celebrating the fact that Jesus died. What we're celebrating, please grab your mind around this, is that it should have been me who died for the decisions that I made and the choices that I choose. Yet Jesus, in his mercy and his grace, stepped in my place so that I would not have to die, so that I would not have to live with the eternal consequences of my choices because he took it for me. I know this might seem hard to relate to because we don't die this way today. So let me just replace the cross with your addiction. It could have been you who died in your addiction, but somehow Jesus died on the cross and took your place so that the consequence you should have gotten, he took in your place. The cross didn't kill me, but addiction would have, could have, had it not been for Jesus. Talking about the person who's so depressed that you've been wrestling with suicidal thoughts lately and you don't know who to go to or who to tell, but somehow, even through the darkest moments of 2020, when you've started imagining ways to pull it out, you find yourself listening to another sermon in 2021, looking back. I know it's not the best situation right now, but how it could have been. Your depression could have killed you. Your thoughts could have put you up there, but Jesus stepped in <coughs> and died in our place so we wouldn't have to die. I'm talking about a God who steps in to our sin and our mistakes, how it could have been, how it could have been. I could have still been addicted to porn. My marriage could have been in shambles. I could have been by myself. I could have lost all my kids. How it could have been. Is there anybody today who can remember, look back at the darkest moments of their life and say, man, this could have taken me out. But thank you, Jesus. You took what I deserve. So I want to end today like I've ended it for the last five years every Sunday at Journey Church. If you are in this room today and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, I want to make it very clear what I'm telling you is available to you. I'm telling you that there's someone, not just someone, there's a God who is willing to take our place, stand in the gap, receive the consequences and the punishment that we should have for our choices and our direction. It's grace, y'all. It's beautiful, merciful grace. And with every head bowed and eye closed in this room, if you would like to receive that grace today, I want to count to three. I want to count to three. And if you say, yes, not JJ, but yes, Jesus, I don't want to live with the shame anymore. I don't want to live with the guilt anymore. I don't want to live with the weight anymore. I don't want to live with the hurt anymore. I'm thankful you pulled me out. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your right hand to the sky, to heaven. Yes, Jesus, meet me here. Meet me here. Meet me here. In five years, we've never had one service where there was not one hand raised. I know God's going to do it again today, too. He's speaking to you right now. If that's you, it's time to come home. You can get off the cross now. You can stop beating yourself up. You don't have to live with guilt. He took all of it. If that's you on three, you're ready to give up the guilt, give up the shame, give up the pain. On three, raise your right hand to the sky. One, two, three, all over this building. Raise your right hand right now. Come on, I see that hand. 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 I see it. 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 Come on. 
Whether you raise your hand or not, I want you to pray out loud this prayer with me. If you would be so kind, if you'd be so courageous. Everyone say, Father God, it's time for me to get off the cross and let you get on it. I give up my shame. I give up my guilt. I give up the punishment. You took it for me. My new life. I live in you. Thank you, Jesus, for making me whole again. In your beautiful name, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, would you give it up for all those? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.